What's going on, everybody? This is Zach Tillery, and welcome to the Titans Take Podcast. This is where we'll be diving into everything Tennessee Titans football. Let's get this thing started. Ladies and gents, the time has finally come. Yes, it has come. We will not be speculating much longer. It's draft week. We're going to actually get some answers onto what this organization plans to do for the future and this next year. I am just so excited to actually get some answers because this speculation, I love it, but I like seeing things. I like seeing things happen, and I'm sure everybody does. People get tired of just the constant reports from NFL analysts to casual fans on what these teams are going to do, but we're going to actually find out Thursday. Will the Titans move up? Will they trade back? Will they be taking a new quarterback, and will that be the new franchise guy? We don't know, but we will know come Thursday. We're also going to find out what Rand Carthon is willing to do with this roster. Is he looking for success in his first year? Obviously, he's looking for success, but is he trying to build for some draft picks next year? Or is he going to go out there and get a guy like C.J. Stroud? Is he going to try to move up? It's just going to set the standards for what a Rand Carthon organization looks like. Is he going to be aggressive and... Coming from the organization that he came from, it would not surprise me. So we're going to get into all of that today, and we're going to discuss all of those things with a special guest today. I'm sure you guys are glad and relieved to hear that. You're like, do I have to listen to this guy talk the whole time? Trust me, I'm excited too for for many reasons. It's a guy that knows a lot about sports. And I'll let him tell you about his job, but he's a broadcast specialist. His name is Kobe Filippo. And we'll get into that later. But first, we're going to talk about move that was made this past week that have a lot of Titans fans, safe to say, confused and really just irritated and frustrated with this organization. The move I am alluding to and referencing right now came last week where the Titans signed a veteran wide receiver. That may sound really good to some, but it's Chris Moore. And if you don't know who Chris Moore is, you're not alone. Chris Moore has been in the NFL for seven years and has totaled only 1,200 yards. This is very frustrating as a Titans fan for me, too, because there's guys out there, other Titans fans, say, oh, it's just a depth move. We don't, we need playmakers. It doesn't matter if you have a 10 guys, but if those 10 guys are bad, what does it matter? The only upside with him, although he is 30 and has been in the NFL for 30 years, 30 years, he's 30 years old, he may just be a late bloomer if you look at his stats because up until, I'm not saying his stats last year were anything that jumps off the screen and you're like, whoa, we got. A guy under the radar, man. But as far as production goes, it was his best year. With the Texans last year, he had career highs in targets, career high in receptions, and career high in yards. So at least he's going up. At least we're not getting like 
typically we get with veteran wide receivers are guys on the downslope. Julio Jones, Randy Moss, list goes on and on. But there's some some upside there, I think. And um, I'm not super excited about it, but I, I was like, okay, what is this guy about? Let me go look at some tape. And I went and looked at some tape. Not an expert on this guy, so don't jump all over me. But I would say, as far as after the catch, he may be our second best wide receiver on the team if you go look at his highlights from last year. At least when he got the ball, he could actually break away from other defenders with some speed. He's a bigger guy. So when I saw the signing initially and I was like 6'2", 210, I'm like, dude, we already have big guys that aren't fat. We need small or just shifty small guys. But I watched some tape on him and I was kind of surprised. I was like, okay, he looks better than Akina to me when he gets the ball. Akina usually just catches and falls down or gets caught after three strides. Not saying I don't like Akina, but I do think more may just be better with the ball. And that's what we need. So I'm I'm really I'm not super high on the guy. I don't I'm not saying he's the next best thing, but it may be not as bad as some people want to make it. It's not the splash that everybody wants to see, and I'm included in that everybody generalization right there so let's move on with the show our guy finally got into the studio today he worked in his busy schedule to come talk to us and i'm very excited his name is kobe filippo he is a broadcast specialist here at north alabama a friend for sure and i'm glad to hear his insight on what this draft is going to look like but first kobe how's it going it's going good man i'm glad to be here Excited to talk some football. So Kobe, I'll let him plug that later, but he has his own podcast that you need to go tune into, Splitting the Gap. It's a great podcast. It's more on the baseball side of things. So go tune into that. But first, Kobe, kind of dive in what a broadcast specialist is because I'm sure there's people out there going, okay, that sounds like I know what that is, but what do you do for this university? So... Basically, my title right now is being a broadcast specialist. That is my student title, I guess, per se, because I haven't graduated yet. I'll be moving into a role called broadcast productions coordinator once I graduate. That way I'll be, you know, a full-time staffer, but really it's the same job. Um, For the most part, what I do, my role is just to put on the broadcast. So every time a home sporting event happens at the University of North Alabama, I pull up the uh, ESPN Plus broadcasting trailer and we put on the game. So have a crew that works for me. We have about four cameras for most events. And yeah, it's bringing the people what they want to see around this area. That's pretty damn cool. Um, So out of all your sports that you're covering out of these home games, what's your favorite sport to not necessarily watch, but I guess produce and be behind the scenes on? Well, I guess I can answer really both of those questions. My favorite sport to watch in general is baseball. It's just the the most comfortable for me. I feel like it's one of those sports you can kind of just sit back, you know, not really do much. You can enjoy some popcorn, enjoy a burger, whatever you want to do, and just watch the game kind of in the background almost. But when it comes to actually producing you know, a broadcast, my favorite is definitely football. It's the most um, high energy, high stress levels. You know, we get over to Brawley Stadium about 7 a.m. on game days. We're working all day. The game comes. Everyone's stressed out, but then we end up, you know, it's a pretty good broadcast. Even though the team's not always the best, we, we take pride in it. And it's one of our most watched events, so 
we're really proud of what we do. Nice. So in those broadcasts, I'm imagining you got to be locked in the whole time. Is that correct? Absolutely. Especially for something like football or basketball. It's one of those things where you really have to zone in. And honestly, you kind of have to know a lot about the sport in order to produce it. Because if you don't know what you're covering, you're not going to cover it how the viewer wants to see it. So as a guy who loves sports, you know, I watch a lot of football, basketball, baseball, all those things. You know, I guess I kind of have some of it, somewhat of an eye for what a viewer is going to want to see. And so that really helps with our productions. So this is going to be coming from a weird perspective here. But if you got to be locked in for three hours and even longer, do you just hold in the pee the whole time? <laughs> Absolutely. As odd as that sounds. Yes. There is no chance for me to get up in the middle of a game. It's one of those things where before the game, go let it all out or <laughs> you're going to be in some pain for a few hours. <laughs> so do you like, do you not drink water before it? Or like, what's your kind of game plan there? Like, is it even something that comes across your mind? I mean, all? yeah. I mean, honestly, I try to almost, growing up, I played a lot of sports. So I almost try and, you know, approach my broadcast like it's a sport. I have my pre-game or pre-broadcast routine I go through, you know, that kind of thing. So I kind of hold the uh, the beverages down to a minimum before, you know, kind of drink them during or late in the game if I'm going to. So you're not pulling a Paul Pierce during the middle, is that what you're Absolutely saying? Absolutely Faking not. an injury and uh, an <laughs> yeah. injury here? No shot. If I, if I were to leave the, the trailer, our broadcast would suffer, so I can't afford to do that. <laughs> Well, let's get into some actual uh, Titan scenarios. It doesn't have to necessarily be, but just draft. We're going to okay. talk about some draft. So out of all these quarterbacks we got here, and I think Bryce Young is kind of off the table, but you can talk about Bryce Young if you want. Of course. Who is your number one out of all of those guys? Well, you know, I think that Bryce Young is just obviously the number one guy. Everyone's kind of just pitting him there, not really giving him any other options. But honestly... My favorite quarterback in the draft is probably Hendon Hooker. And I know you'll probably like that being a Tennessee fan. You know, he's coming off that injury with the ACL and everything, but he's one of those guys where I think his ceiling is just incredibly high. Similar to C.J. Stroud in a way, but I think C.J. Stroud's getting more attention than Hendon Hooker, and I, I guess it's because of the injury. But when it really all boils down to, it really just comes to the situation. So I'm, in, I'm interested to see how some of these guys' careers turn out, but Hendon Hooker is really the guy I'm looking at just because he doesn't always have the best pocket presence, but when it comes to the intangibles in playmaking, he's just, he's incredible. And I really liked watching him play this past year up until the injury. Yeah, obviously I'm going to like that answer. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate it, but I think when it comes down when you're comparing those two guys, Shroud, if you compare the two top defenses, that these guys played against, and they are different situations because one was in a neutral site, and it really wasn't a neutral site because it was in Atlanta. But when you compare those two games, Stroud versus Georgia and Hendon Hooker versus Georgia, it's quite obvious who played the better game, and maybe that's some strategy involved, but I think that's where a lot of people kind of compare those two because that's the that's the first thing people want to jump to on a negativity side as far as Hooker and what he's going to. Because I think we all can agree that Georgia is what you're going to compare to as far as an NFL defense. That's the closest right. thing in the college game to an NFL defense. So I, I guess you kind of answered my next question. Who's the most underrated quarterback? Who's the most overrated quarterback in the draft? See, I've kind of gone back and forth with this topic in my head a lot 
between Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. I think Anthony Richardson is another one of those guys where he has a high ceiling, but in my mind, his floor is extremely low. He's one of those guys that he looks great on paper, but if he doesn't get in the perfect system with the perfect offense, he could really struggle. And then you have Will Levis, who I just don't understand the hype. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. And I guess... I'll be completely upfront and honest. I could have a bit of a bias. I'm a Louisville fan. Played at Kentucky. There's a big rivalry there, so I naturally don't like the guy. But when I just look at his like player profile, he just doesn't strike me as a really a first round quarterback, much less a top five, top three kind of guy. And that's where I'm seeing a lot of you know a lot of these analysts put him. He's got the build, sure. He scored decently well on the C two test, all that, but. When you play at Kentucky and some of these lower-level SEC schools and you struggle as bad as he did, I don't see how that's going to translate very well to the next level. It's gonna He's going to have to find that situation where he can slowly grow and mature into an NFL quarterback because, honestly, I just don't think he's anywhere close to being ready for that yet. Yeah, and that goes against, like, I'm going to go back to the Hendon Hooker thing where everybody's on his age and his injury. If you get a guy that I think Will Levis is, maybe two years, or he's really like a year and a half younger than Hendon Hooker. They're worried about his rookie contract because you're already losing those two years, those two younger years. If Hooker can come in and start playing day one and Levis can't, doesn't that kind of equal out? I, I think it does. I mean, I guess, and I've said it before on previous shows, he's just, he looks like Josh Allen. Ever since Josh Allen got big, I mean, even last year before the season, it was Will Levis just going top five. And I just don't understand it. It's just, it's all stature based. If you watch a game against any tough opponent and you can give him some lean way because he did get another offense coordinator his last year and some of the playmakers they had definitely um, either fell off or left so it's just kind of hard to gauge with him um as far as outside of the quarterback conversation who is your top guy man i'll be honest with you and being a tennessee guy you might not love this answer but I really look at a guy like Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. I think that this guy could just be absolutely special. You know, we're in that day of the NFL where everything is by committee at the running back position. It seems like there are very, very few teams who don't have a running back by committee in their in their backfield. But he's one of those guys, and as a fantasy football player myself, he's going to win some people some leagues. I know you're not big on fantasy with this show, but that's my main area of expertise. That man can catch, he can run, he can fly, man. He is He's a special talent. I'm interested to see where he goes. I was laughing at him. When he said that, I know you're not a big fantasy football guy. I'm a big fantasy football guy, not necessarily on this show, but it was just funny how you, I'm a fantasy football player. I just think of like, <laughs> he, I don't know. Like manager the, might be the yeah, better manager, word to say GM, there. GM, GM. Either way, I love some fantasy. <laughs> but yeah, Gibbs, I think of Gibbs as like a Kamara kind of guy. Exactly. He, I mean, as far as ability and just where he could fall, I mean, obviously, Kamara, I got my own opinions on um, why he fell, and that was kind of Tennessee's lack of, I guess, giving him the opportunity to get the ball when you have Jalen Hurd in front of him. I could go on that tangent a long time. But, yeah, I think Gibbs is great. What do you think about Anderson? Where do you think Anderson will fall? I mean, I think when you think about Will Anderson, he's a guaranteed top-off pick. I, he's one of those guys where I think 10 years ago, before, you know, the draft was so quarterback-heavy early, I think he's probably the number one overall pick. He's special. I mean, at Alabama two years ago, he was putting up Heisman caliber numbers if a defensive player was ever in the running. I mean, he could have won it. 
I think he's one of those guys that's really going to turn a defense into something special. I, I see him going probably three to the Cardinals, maybe, unless they trade out of that pick. Who knows what's going to happen in that dumpster fire of the Cardinals right now, but I think that's probably going to be a good landing spot for him. Speaking of dumpster fire and the Cardinals, and I won't go too far on this, but did you see their uniforms? Did you see those? <sighs> uh I don't even want to talk about those uniforms, man. Those are high school uniforms that they're going to be trotting out there. I mean, it, it what really bothers me the most is you think about that area where you've got like the Suns. I mean, think about how iconic those Suns uniforms are, even the older ones. I and mean, then now you got those uniforms with the sunset all over them. It's just an, an incredible place to be. You have so many options. Even the Diamondbacks in baseball have a good uniform. But now the Cardinals are just going to be wearing solid reds. And solid whites. I mean, what are we doing? The whites are the, the whites are the best out of all of those three, I would say. But they have consistently had bad uniforms. At, like, at with least a good color scheme. At least give me a good little, like, you know, desert trim around the sides or something. I mean, yeah. it's I I think I could have done better, and I am not the most creative on that <laughs> side of things. But all right, let's get back on track real quick. Um, so as far as Titans go. What do you think is 11? What do you th- do you think they will sit at 11? I know that you mentioned you don't know what the Cardinals are going to do at three. Me personally, I think they're going to trade out. Um, I think that's a common take right. on most people. But where do you think the Titans are going to do? And if they do stay at 11, who do you think they're going to pick? Well, you know, I think that 11 spot is a tricky one. We've seen for a while now that kind of 9 to 12 range be a weird one. Even go back to... Mahomes year. Mahomes is, you know, the prime example there. You know, he was kind of floating around that area. Chiefs trade up, snag him, you know, and we all see what that's turned into. You know, I think that 11 is a good spot for the Titans, but it wouldn't hurt them to move up. You know, you just don't want to see him give up too much, especially on the trajectory they're going on right now. You know, I think they could really build from this spot, but it honestly wouldn't hurt my feelings if they traded back. You know, the defense hasn't really been the biggest issue for the Titans here lately and I think around that spot you're probably going to get one of those back-end edge rushers probably but if you trade back maybe get an extra second round pick alongside a later first round pick something like that you might could pick up one of these top tier receivers there's a lot of good receivers in this draft and I I think they could really benefit from that yeah I think Jordan Addison is a great example of that how Blitnikov winner not even discussed in the conversation and uh I mean he's there but you know, Flowers, and I think uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is, I think that's a value pick there at 11 if he's there. And then obviously they need to address offensive line, but as a fan base, as an organization, they need to get somebody kind of like a sexy player or a skill player because this offense just doesn't, it doesn't excite anybody. And you're not the biggest Titans fan, but I know you've seen them, and I know you don't really want to see them on prime time because they're just going to hand it off left to Derrick Henry every play and then hope the defense does something. That's basically the, the game plan. Well, you know, another thing for me too is every year we see those high-tier quarterbacks, they go one, two, three, five, whatever. But you also see some guys fall. And like last year, the Titans were the example. They got Malik Willis really late. And I know that you know, pick didn't really turn out to be what a lot of Titans fans probably hoped for because at, there were times where he was projected to be a first rounder. But say you trade back, you maybe pull a guy in the second round. He can learn some things from Tannehill because Tannehill's not the best quarterback in the world. No one's going to say he is. Agreed. 
but he can still teach a guy some things. A young guy can really benefit from playing behind him for a little while. Then maybe he comes in. And then with that later, you know, pick in the first round, maybe you get another Tennessee guy like Jalen Hyatt. I mean, that guy, you want electricity? He can flat out run. I mean, he can make some really exciting plays. So I think maybe moving back might be one of the better scenarios for the Titans. I know that's probably not what a lot of your listeners want to hear. A lot of your listeners, of course, they probably want to hear, let's jump up to top five. Let's grab one of these top tier guys. But like, you know, maybe long term, that's not your best option. Yeah, we got to we got to be realistic about what we're willing to give up. And um, this past weekend, a agent from Derrick Henry's agency and A.J. Brown's agency made a tweet saying that Derrick Henry will be going to the Eagles. It's confirmed, dead and done, and I would assume if that's actually true, it's going to happen on Thursday because it's going to be a big move. Um, But it just kind of depends on what you're willing to give up because I think if you can get a first-round draft pick for a 30-year-old running back, it's kind of hard to say that you don't do that. Um, But it's what you're willing to give up to what you're going to get. Because if you move up, you trade, and you get Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, I'm going to be mad. But if you trade up and you get C.J. Stroud, I will not complain at all because there's actual opportunity there that I feel like we've seen. It's not something that's like, well, he could be good after three years. So it's all about what you're going to get and what you're going to give up. Well, and another thing that I would like to add with that, because I've seen a lot of the Derrick Henry news, say you do move him. So you move a guy like him, you're probably going to get a first. I mean, he's just a special talent, and it's one of those things that it's going to really hurt to lose him because, let's just be real, there's no one like Derrick Henry. But there's another running back in the draft that I didn't talk about earlier, and that's B. John Robinson. He's a tank. I mean, if there's anybody in this draft, obviously you're not going to be able to replace Derrick Henry. There's somebody that could fill his shoes at least somewhat it's probably him. And running backs usually go, you know, either second round early or late first round. Say you trade back a little bit, maybe you can snag him, seeing where he falls. Yeah, and I've, I've seen him projected at 10 and a lot of mock drafts going to the Eagles. If he goes that early, I would be surprised. But, I mean, say he starts to fall, you wait back, you grab him. It just kind of depends on what the Eagles are looking. I mean, it sounds like, based on those reports with B. John going at 10 or them winning Derrick Henry, they're going all in and they think – that running running back position is going to be the the game changer because Miles Sanders last year not terrible but there's a lot more that you would be looking for and pairing one of those guys with Jalen Hurts in that system with those wide receivers it's I mean they were what two plays away I mean one pi away from winning the Super Bowl last year yeah so I don't know I, I understand them all going in but it's just what you're willing to give up. So, complete, I know you talked about Gibbs. Do you have any other sleepers out there that you could think of? Man, off the top of my head, I think one prospect that really intrigues me is Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver from TCU. I think he's got a special build. You know, he made some highlight plays, and while I know that Duggan was the real reason, I mean, without his heart and effort, TCU doesn't get where they got to. But man, that guy made some big plays. He could really help an offense. You know, I've seen some projections where he maybe even slips into the second round. Maybe that's one of those guys that you try and move up in the second round to get if he falls. I mean, I think there's a lot of really high upside playmakers in this draft. And like you said earlier, the Titans need some of that. I mean, 
they're one of those there's one of those teams that has a really good defense but never can put up the numbers on the offensive side to stay in it. And I think if they make some big moves, get some explosive young guys, that could turn around. It could definitely turn around and if Titans fans and I don't I'm not sure if Kobe's completely familiar with the guy that they fired this offseason, Todd Downing. Prior to that, and it was Arthur Smith, who is now the coach of the Falcons, they were the number one 1A, 1B offense as far as scoring. And we did have A.J. Brown, which that's going to make a big difference. All right, wait one second, wait. I know I was going on that tangent, but we got some news that Kobe just let me know. A report from Adam Schefter. Aaron Rodgers is headed to the Jets for a big haul of picks. It's been speculated, and a lot of people have believed it's true. It's just when this deal is going to get done. I just had to throw that in there because that's pretty big news for the NFL. And I think we've covered a lot of things as far as draft-wise today. And I thank Kobe for coming in and, and talking with me to be the first official guest of the Titans take. And so you guys don't have to just listen to me because I can understand that could be boring. But before you go, do you want to plug anything? Do you have anything to plug? Yeah, for sure. So um, I know this is a football podcast, but if y'all like baseball, check out the Splitting the Gap podcast. You can find it on, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you found this one. Mine's probably there. Uh, me and my best friend Eli Wilkes uh, cover all things baseball for any level listener. So whether you're just getting into baseball or have watched it for a long time, tune in. Also, if you're from uh, you know the northern Alabama area, check out our North Alabama sporting events on ESPN+. Well, thank you, man. I, uh, I'll definitely try to see if you can get on again. Yeah, for and, sure. And um, have a good day, man. Let's, uh, let's do it again. Yeah, man. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Well, that was a great interview. Slash just debate and talk, and I I really like that. If you guys like that, go to Twitter, go to Instagram, go to Facebook, comment, and see. Give us some feedback on that conversation. Jump in the conversation, and if you would, on Apple Music or Spotify, give us a five stars. That concludes our episode today. Have a good one. Woo! You made it to the end of the podcast. That's something to be proud of right there. Okay, you had to have liked something So go ahead and give us a follow on social media, the Titans Take Podcast. We really appreciate you listening and tighten up. Are you looking for a podcast that delivers insightful analysis? Maybe some passionate opinions about the Tennessee Titans? Well... Look no further. The Titans Take Podcast is for you. Join us as we break down the latest news and developments surrounding the team while offering some bold takes and game previews, as well as engaging in lively debates about all things Titans. Subscribe now and join the conversation.